Hey, what's up? Welcome to the AV Club podcast. My guest today has such an absurd story. Uh, I'm going to make this intro short so you guys can listen to it right away. My guest today, his name is Gideon Osamba. He is the keyboardist at the church I attend. He also is a producer. He makes beats. Um, he's all about music, all about his family. And his past, his story that he shared today was is super crazy. You're going to love it. Um, I'll just leave it at that. There's a lot of stuff that you gotta, you're you going to want to hear. So without further ado, Gideon, thank you guys. All right, my man. We're rolling. We're good. Good, 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 good. How you doing today? Doing good, man. Good, good. Yeah. Good. It was a good day, too. Yeah? So, yeah. What'd you do? Um, So I work for Fruit River ISD. Mm-hmm. I do some AV work over there, you know, audiovisual. Right. So today, like, um, so two years ago, the school had, like, those document cameras, the la- ladybugs that they give to all the teachers so they can, you know, project their like their their material on the screen yeah but then this thing started getting very old so the teacher were like crying about it so the board uh of trustees they finally decided to give them new ones and so we have like a bunch of them and i had to distribute them so like we went from this humongous like ladybug to like this piece of cake size ladybug so it's pretty amazing and all the teachers are so happy because they're like you know it was like just Christmas <laughs> again for them. Wow. So, yeah, I had to do that. So, it was, it was pretty fun to see people really happy, getting something new and excited and, you know. That's so cool, man. Cool. Yeah, it was really do you, cool. Uh, do you live pretty close to Pflugerville? Yeah. So, pretty much, it's funny enough because my address, my home address is both Pflugerville and Round Rock. So, I'm really like oh, nice. on that edge. That's yeah. cool. So. We're, we're technically Georgetown, but we're right on the edge of Georgetown and Round Rock. Round so, Rock, yeah. like, I think maybe seven minutes uh north mm-hmm. where south actually is round rock and yeah. then we're in georgetown so we're like right on the the city limit lines of both yeah but uh Gideon, I, I appreciate you coming on today Thanks, man. man i'm excited i'm excited man that's really exciting me too man this uh-huh. is gonna be fun um first of all i wanted to ask you man i remember when we first connected yeah you told me your your real name what's your real name and how do you pronounce it Gideon. Gideon. yeah Gideon. okay and so, what's the origin uh, so it's it's a Hebrew name. Okay. Uh, I don't know how to say it in Hebrew though, but it's a Hebrew name. But the pronunciation Gideon, it's French, like pretty much. So the oh. name is just Gideon, but in French, that's how you say it, Gideon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you speak French? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like fluently and yeah, write, speak, understand. Yeah, uh, because um, I'm from the Congo. Okay. And like French, it's like. It's not like a recognized as uh like a language but everybody speaks French like and that's what you take at school and yeah so wow so is that what's the is that the primary language over there I wouldn't say primary it's not the primary but it it, it is sort of because everybody speaks it like okay. for work purpose uh, school purpose you need to kind of speak it yeah yeah but it's it's not like like that's what i say it's not recognized as the primary but it acts as if yeah because everybody you gotta have to speak it kind of yeah that makes sense if yeah. so since it's not the primary what is the primary of lingala lingala yeah that's typically african <laughs> yeah yeah wow and you're fluent in that as well yes. of course yeah what else are you fluent in man Oh um, man, a little <coughs> bit of Swahili, a little bit of Zulu, uh, a little bit of uh, Hassania, which is like a dialect of 
Arabic because I was in Mauritania. Man, we're gonna talk about all this, yeah, like, as if you want. But yeah, I've I've moved a lot, so I've been picking up languages. Like there's That's like crazy. six languages that I'm like really fluent, and there's a seventh one like I can speak. I can hear more than I can speak. Okay, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean my my dad is uh, Mexican. Mm. My mom, she's like half. She doesn't look like it, but she's half. And uh, growing up, my dad just that was just. We never learned, you know. We never being around our my dad's side of the family. Yeah, we were we heard it more often than obviously on my mom's side, but we never really picked it up, and nobody really taught us. So yeah, it's unfortunate because we don't we don't know it. Me, I say we as in me and my sister and my brother. Oh yeah, we we don't know it, and so it's it's kind of a bummer because now we just know English, and here you are knowing like six languages <laughs> and and a little yeah. bit of a seventh. That's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So. Let's talk about that. Tell me about, a little bit about your upbringing. So you are from the Congo. Yes. And that's where you were born. Yes. And how long did you live there? Just for six years. Okay. Yeah. For six years, six and a half. So it's going to be a long story, but I like it. Yeah. I like, yeah. I like just to share my story with people. You know, that's how we build friendship. And you Yeah, know. of course. So for those who know, like right now, the, the Congo, so I'm talking about the uh, Congo, Kinshasa, Congo, because there's two Congos. It was all Congo before, but then, um, you know, with the colonialism and all that stuff, mm-hmm. they got separated a little bit, but we're still pretty much the same people. Mm-hmm. So, but the Congo where I'm from, it's the one that was uh, ruled by the Belgians. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was Congo, then it changed to Zaire at one point, and then came back again to Congo. So, I was born when it was Zaire, and at that time, the president who was Mobutu, he was like a, a dictator because he was he was in power for, I think, twenty five to twenty eight years. Wow! Yeah, so long time. He was really like a dictator, and uh, my dad happens to work for that regime. Like he was like wow. one of the yeah he was one of like the the advice uh, advisor in in that regime. Yeah, so in nineteen ninety seven. Because I I was born in uh, 1990. So in 1997, uh, this so it started in 1996 because that's when we started fleeing. So in 1996, this uh, other guy named Kabila decided to do a coup against the president who was there forever. Yeah. And uh, to overthrow the, that president. So the president Mobutu, the dictators, uh, had to run away because this guy who was coming he came out hot. He had like a bunch of rebels with him and they wow. were just, there was just a bunch of mavericks. Like they, yeah. they were very powerful army yeah. coming in. So, so when he got in, he was trying to do away with everybody who works, who worked with the previous regime. So my family was targeted. So he was trying to kill everybody who worked with the former president. So now we had to flee, you know, wow. we had to run away. So yeah. And uh, yeah, that's how my my journey started, man. Just bouncing from one country to one country. So we be, we became like a political refugees. Yeah, yeah, because of that. So we started bouncing, living from the Congo, and started finding uh, refuge in different countries. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much uh, when I started just bouncing uh, since like age six. Yeah. Age six. Where'd you go after that? So like, for the timeline's sake, you were in the Congo, and then where did you go? So after the 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 big uh the big time because we bounced from different country but where we kind of went and kind of settled 
the after the Congo, the place where we went and kind of settled was Mauritania, which is like northwest of Africa. Okay. Yeah, and it's a hundred percent Islamic country over there, oh, and wow. they speak Arabic and Hassania. That's what I say, one of the language. So yeah. it's like it's pretty much Arabic, but it's like one of the dialects of Arabic. Yeah. Yeah. So we went there. I spent nine years over there. Wow, nine and years. So yeah, I did all my. Uh, my primary school pretty yeah. much there and a bit of my high school, just a portion of it well over over there. So and after that moved to Senegal, which is like uh more of the western part, like uh and over there they speak Wolof, which is one of the language also that I picked up. Yeah. Um I did go to South Africa to um I did a little bit of Mali and uh yeah, just bouncing man, <laughs> like bouncing I I did a little bit of France. I went to France to um, Spain and came back to uh, Senegal. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from Senegal, that's when I came here. Yeah. Yeah. So. so so as you're bouncing to these countries, is that when you're picking up the languages? Yes. Oh, and, wow. And so and like, wow. So you know one and then you go to somewhere where you don't know and then you have to learn it from scratch. Exactly. So is it a little, a little easier picking it up when you have like a... I wouldn't say a background in it already, but like, is it similar to any of the languages? Like your first language, is that similar to your second language? And did that help you pick up like the rest of them? There are some of them that it's, it may be a little easier. Like, yeah. uh, and it's funny because like um, Lingala and Swahili, there's some words that kind of familiar and they sound kind of the same even. Right. But then the funny thing is like some words in Swahili, they were like, they were taken from Arabic. Oh, right. Yeah. So then you have that little tie there. So mm-hmm. some of the stuff you can start understanding. But Wolof is completely different. But I think what uh, helped me really picking up the thing is just like being young. You know, like when yeah. you have when you're young and you're just in the midst of people speaking something and you just pick it up. Yeah. Like even English, like really, I yes, I took English at school, but I didn't really start speaking English because of school. Mm-hmm. I, I started speaking English because of well, one of my friend, uh, family, David Ortiz. So they're Americans, but their parents were uh, missionary back in um, Mauritania. So when we got to Mauritania, I was like, when I got like seven years old, I mm-hmm. met I met this family because we're going to the same like church. So in, in the whole Mauritania, they allowed to have just one church, which is like uh, the Catholic Church. So yeah. the Catholic Church, they allowed it because Mauritania was ruled by the French before. And okay. then uh, France said, okay, we we are, now you guys are free. You have your freedom. You have your independence. And you declare that you are 100% Islamic country. We, we're going to uh, respect that. But if you want any type of uh, business with us, if you want any type of liaison with France, then we're going to have to have our church, the Catholic church here. So for business purposes, Mauritania was like, okay, that's the only church that is allowed to be in Mauritania. Yeah. Because they, you know, they hundred percent Islamic, so they don't want to do anything with Christianity, but because of business purposes, they allow the friends to have like the Catholic church there. Right. So now wow. the Catholic church started like landing out their space for different little churches. Like if you want to gather, then you can come here. Because okay. if you do it at your place, like we tried in our in our house when we got there, we were having like um, morning devotions and mm-hmm. and uh, evening devotions. Like our house was stoned every single day. Wow. Yeah, because you're not like 
you're not allowed to do that. So now the Catholic Church started like being a little bit more graceful with people like, okay, you want to have your church and then you can kind of rent up our space okay. because this is the only space like in Mauritania where things like that can happen. So where you can worship essentially. Exactly. One central worship like building. It exactly. didn't have to be what they were doing, but exactly. Yeah. So yeah. And uh that's 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 was that and that's when I it, the church that we were going uh uh that was allowed to be in there uh, that the catholic allowed us to reunite there right. that's when i meet david so mm -hmm. david is a little bit like you because his parents both of his parents they're mexican mm -hmm. but he was born in the u.s mm -hmm. so he's like fully american yeah so when they went there for mission like we met there like uh, david is a year younger than me and his brother christian i think he's either same age or a year older so we just uh, became friends and we like more than friends like brothers like yeah we really grew up together mm -hmm. so i'll go to their place it's only english they were just speaking english watching movies in english so that's right. how english started soaking up in my brain right and i started getting it like just being around them yeah and then and them being around me they started getting french so today david speaks perfect french wow christian speaks perfect french and i speak perfect english like we understand each other and that's amazing. Yeah. That's and so crazy. I even talked to him today. And that's another funny story that we're gonna we're gonna talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked to I talked to him today. Um because uh yeah, we moved. It's crazy. Like my ties with David and Christian is crazy because we met in Mauritania, right? I did the nine years there. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved to Senegal, they moved also to Senegal. Wow. And their school was like literally a minute from my school. So we continued to see each other every single day. And then they moved back here in 2010. Yeah. And then in 2012, I get here. And then they were in San Antonio. So we what? started, we continued to just wow. being together. Yeah. So are they still around yeah yeah right now they're in san antonio so but david now lives in uh in virginia but okay he still have like his dad is still in san antonio so okay. he always comes back and he came back this weekend so uh we're meeting up this thursday oh that's amazing man yeah. that's awesome yeah that's so bizarre how it's just different exactly. worlds like i just hearing you say this stuff is like wow i think i moved once in my Twice. I moved once when I was like two years old to mm -hmm. the town I was raised in, basically Granbury, it's like North Texas. Oh, okay. And then I moved from a house in Granbury to a different house in Granbury. So like I've, I've, our experiences are just totally opposite, man. Yeah. So as you were moving, the initial reason you moved, people were trying to hurt you guys, hurt the whole uh, political realm that you were in. Yeah. Was that continuing to happen? Were they like? trying to find you as the, these moves happened or yes and uh so from uh the congo to the mauritania yeah all, all the little country where you go they tr they're, they're trying they're trying to track you guys so you have to go in hidings you have to um go in refugee uh camp have a refugee state status and try to wow yeah try to get asylum in into places so the first place that we got like granted asylum was uh mauritania and now the problem in Mauritania now doubled on us because now from there we started being like religiously like targeted because we're a Christian and we we're trying to profess our faith. Right. So that's when now uh, we became not only political refugees. Now we had to be also like religious 
uh, refugees. Wow. So started trying to hide from all these things. I, my brothers got uh, jailed. As, I don't know how many times. My dad got jailed how many times. I've been attacking in the streets like how many times. Like it was just crazy. It was just crazy because it it was a little confusing um, because the the law was like you sh you cannot preach the gospel like in the streets you cannot do that but if you want to kind of pray quietly mm -hmm. you can do it in your in your house quietly mm -hmm. like you can profess your faith to yourself quietly but that's not what was really going on because when they found out that you were a Christian then you're persecuted oh wow yeah, you're persecuted and it got really bad in. 20 uh 2009 and 2010 got really bad so a lot of missionaries a lot of christians they started getting killed in their houses oh wow and that's why um david's family my friends david's family they had to move because they were missionaries and so uh, they had to yeah they had to move okay um there's one family that we're very close to uh also uh, an american mm -hmm. family um their daughter was one of our best friends sophia shadid uh yeah, her dad got killed, man. Oh, wow. Like, and that was just like a day after we just had like a, we just had like a little service into their place. Um, everything, we saw him. And then the next day you hear that he was he was murdered wow. in his house. So that really changed uh, Sophia's life. I mean, it was. Yeah, I can't even imagine. It was really, it was really bad. And so, yeah. 2009 and 2010 it was really bad they started really killing people and all that stuff so yeah well for the for for most of the time we were just like in hidings and um and then the the crazy thing though my family especially my family and david's family like a lot of muslim people and a lot of our friends, especially me and David, because we were very, uh, we were little crazy kids. Like, right. we just didn't really care. Like, we didn't care that much that, oh, you're Muslim, I'm not going to hang out with you. We, mm -hmm. we didn't have that. Like, it was like, we just wanted to have fun. Like, just being boys, you know, mm -hmm. being kids, being boys. We love play soccer. Like, we play soccer all day, every day. And Mauritania, that's what, that, I mean, not just Mauritania, but... A lot of countries in Africa, like third world country, like they said, soccer is the is the biggest sport because it's not expensive. All you need is a ball, and that's it. That's all we we play, right? So right, we play with friends, and then some of those friends they were just very intrigued with our with our life and our lifestyle. You know, yeah. just being so energetic, but um, you know, just being full of life and be happy. Yeah, and they ask us questions, why, why, and us being kids. Like, we didn't really understand that, oh, you cannot just profess your faith. We were just telling them, oh, it's because of Jesus. And we're talking about Jesus and all right. that. And they wanted to know. And then we give them materials. And that's what also got us kind of in trouble. Yeah. Because some of them, I think they really wanted to become Christians. And then when their parents started learning about that, they got really pissed and mad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when. It's kind of dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. So. Wow. Um, that's when the the issue started but by the grace of god you know um his family had, were able to really bring a lot of people to to christ like a lot of yeah. Muslims who really wanted christ and my family did the same like people who really wanted christ mm -hmm. and there was people like that the different families like missionaries they'll come and they, they'll just pour the love of god and a lot of them they were receptive and they really wanted to change and it was even more dangerous for those people who wanted to change 
than us because yes us we, we would have been persecuted but for them like they were like they were pretty much calling death upon themselves right because like your family it's it's not acceptable yeah so your family is gonna reject you so it was a very very crazy thing for them yeah man so what was so at a young age did you understand what was happening while you were moving from like or like did your parents ever sit you down or be like hey we're like you know kind of have a target on our back um you know, be careful with what you do and who you hate or what was it kind of like that growing up? Mm -hmm. moving so from like, it's like uh, you, it's like you get it, but at the same time being young, it's easy sometimes to kind of forget in the moment Yeah, because it's like, sense. it's like, so I almost lost uh, uh, our mom, you know, my mother by the, those, those political people, like they mm. came into the house and trying to shoot at her. And that's a crazy story. And I even uh, shared that story at Awaken, uh, one that, that let me share one. It, it was crazy. And I know a lot of people may be like, what are you talking about? But I, literally, one of the guys tried to shoot my mom three times. I don't know. Like, my mom, she just screamed the name of Jesus. And I know that may sound crazy to people. Right, that's right. why like, that's why I'm like, I'm so in when you see me doing anything like with about god i'm just crazy and i just go in because i saw things that for me it's like i can't unsee those things you yeah know? so yeah this guy tried to shoot at my mom three times i don't know what happened my mom just screamed the name of jesus all the three times and the bullets were just coming like they were just jammed in the in the gun wow three times he tried that three times and those all the three times the bullet was just coming jammed, you know, and it was crazy because it was like mom's about to die, but then yeah. she's not, and then you have just all these things that you have to process, right? So then the parents start telling you, and you guys run away. But then when you get somewhere, and for like a little bit of time, you start having friends, and you you can play soccer again. Then the pressure it's like kind of a little gone, yeah. and then the next day it's like oh we need to go. But then when I started getting a little older, like 10 years old, 11 year old, that's, that's when you, you really understand because sometimes the family is not together. Mm -hmm. Sometimes like you should take off so fast that some of the people are gone into a different direction. Yeah. And you find yourself maybe just with two of your sister. You don't know if you're going to see your brother anymore. You don't know even where they went. Yeah. You know, you don't know which country they are. Like there's one of my sister, uh, Mami, um, I did almost 12 years before I could see her again. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, she was in, in Nigeria. She went in Nigeria, got married, even married over there. And I was still like in uh, Mauritania and, and all that stuff. And it's like 12 years later or 13 years later that I could see her again. Wow. You know, so there are things like that. That's when you start understanding like, okay, sometimes it's just like, yeah. Yeah. It's, you just need to do what you need to do, man. Yeah, too. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, in the heat of the moment, I imagine you don't have time to pick up your stuff and determine where you yeah. want to go and map it out. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. that's amazing, man. Yeah. I, I was about to, I was about to ask you like how, because for people who don't know, like we go to the same church now, how long have you been going to Awaken? Uh, about two years and a half now. Two. Okay. So I've been going there since September mm -hmm. 
itch. So a couple months, you know, like nine, yeah. eight months, something like that. And uh, getting here plays the keys and <laughs> he, he destroys it. He's so good. <laughs> it's crazy because I, I go to church and I'm like, okay, let's, let's see what, what today is going to be. And no, without a doubt, it's like you are just professing your faith, like at the top of your lungs. You're like, God, man. it's, it's really cool to see. But on Thank top God. of that, you're like, you're playing the keys and you're singing. You never miss a beat. And you're not, you not once do you ever look at the keyboard until you're like changing your levels or you're changing the sound. Yeah. I'm like, just so impressed. And so amen, amen. it's, it's awesome, dude. But that's, I can't imagine going 12 years without seeing my sister. You know, we're not even super close, but that's still like an a, amount of time that's like unimaginable, you know, cause you don't even know at that point. So how, how did you, whenever you came in contact with your sister, like how did that come about? Did you guys just happen to run into each other or did you get in contact somehow and then meet up at a certain place or yeah uh, i think she um she came back to um senegal i think it was senegal yeah when we were in senegal then she had to come back uh in senegal i think she she knew that that's where we were now uh, yeah. establishing ourselves and staying there mm -hmm. and then she was up there with her her um her husband like sometimes you know where she is right now after a few uh months you know where she is mm -hmm. and then you know at that time also it's not like internet was as fast in africa like that or oh yeah and like you know sometimes even to call because it's not like here. I mean, now Africa is getting there. You know, we it's really evolving and all that stuff. But back then, we didn't have like Facebook uh, right, yeah. yet. You know, Facebook it was still developing and uh, yeah, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. But sometimes you get a call. It's like oh, you talk to her for a few minutes, or you hear that oh, she called or she you knows she sent a, a, mm. a letter or something like that. But to see her it was like yeah, twelve or thirteen years later, she wow. came back. Uh, yeah, it was it was moving, man. It yeah, I really bet because she was like my second mom, really. Because sometimes uh, when I was born, even uh, my mom, my mom was there for a, a little, but then she she left. She had to go do something. And my sister, that sister, she's the one who took me in. And she was going to college. And she, I heard story that she even took me sometime to college with her. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she'd go to school, live me in a dorm, praying that she'll find me when she comes back. You <laughs> right. Know? So she was just like really like a second mom to me. Yeah. So did not see her for that long. It was It was really crazy. And then when she sees me back, it's like 12 years. So I'm grown now. Yeah. I think I was what? I was either... 19 by that time 19 or 19 or 20 uh in yeah. that gap so that I'm, I'm i'm a i'm a young young dude already so yeah she sees me and it was just very moving man like right very, very moving wow so when when did you guys first of all how many brothers and sisters do you have so in total i have nine nine siblings yeah including you or not including you no including me is 10 okay wow yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I have three brothers, and then I have uh, five sisters with uh, my biological mom, and then I have two sisters on my dad's side. Okay. Yeah, but I don't like to use like half sister terms. So right. I just call them sisters. You know. Oh, I like that. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool, man. Uh, when did you When did you officially come to like United States, and why did you guys decide to come here, or was it all of you? Uh, no. So. And that's the yeah that that was just grace of God, man. So there's this uh 
ministry that I'm part of. Uh, it started way back in Africa. It started with my aunt. Really, she's the one who started it in Congo, and now it's everywhere in the world. Wow. Yeah, it's a Christian ministry called a spiritual welfare ministry. So growing up, uh, when I got like 12, uh, 10 or 12, I started like uh, playing keys. And this is on another story, bro. <laughs> this is another story, bro. But well, we're um, going to for sure get into that. But yeah, continue, continue. So, I started leading worship, you know, in there. And then uh, in 2012, like when things were really getting bad, like in Mauritania for us, like uh, because I was bouncing for different countries like, and things were just getting really like tough for Christians down there. Like even in Senegal in 2011 and 2012, some places were attacked. Like even uh, the place, could, but because Senegal, it's not even like 100% Islamic country. Senegal is a pretty secular country. So christian they have the right to prefer their faith uh their faith uh muslim or whoever but it's 95 percent muslim yeah but they they don't call it like a muslim country so you you kind of have that freedom but you still have like 95 percent of muslims so they're still gonna dictate right. whether you like it or not mm -hmm. so in 2011 2012 they started getting rowdy and trying to you know start breaking into churches breaking into people's uh, places so it was getting bad there too mali was the same was getting bad uh, so in 2012 there is this um american lady uh she's passed now uh, her name was gwen she had uh, uh her own ministry here uh, the end times that was the name of her ministry end times so she knew my aunt because when my aunt ministry kind of blew up and everywhere so they became friends with gwen right you know so each year when Gwen, she would do her, um, she would do like a, a convention and she would invite people all over. Mm -hmm. She would also sometimes invite people from uh, my aunt's ministry. And then, yeah, that's how I was invited here to come and represent the, the Western part of Africa as a worship leader to come here for, for that, like to come here to be part of that convention and, mm -hmm. and lead some of the, the worship songs here. Wow. So, yeah, and then I got, and that's why I got the visa. When I went to the embassy, they gave me the visa to come and represent. And when I came in here, then uh, my parents, uh, after when people who were here, they just decided, you are in already. It's better for you to apply for asylum. It would be crazy for you to try to go back yeah. where, they, where your life is in danger. So just apply for asylum. If they accept you here, you stay it's better so yeah so when i was coming i wasn't planning to really stay oh really yeah because you know i i didn't know I'm, i think my parents they're planning for me to stay they had all that in they, their head they knew but they knew if they told me i would say no because i i'm so attached to the parents you know because yeah. sometimes you go you go years sometimes you're not with your parents because you have to get up and just go away yeah and then sometimes you meet them again so for me like family it was like i just wanted to be with my family because there have been years where i haven't been with nobody and few years you are with them again and then you so i didn't want that separation thing you know right so they knew if they told me because that the same thing happened when we went to france so when we went to france my dad wanted my parent wanted me to stay there too because they just wanted you know it wasn't a bad intention they just wanted me to be in a place a more secure place you mm -hmm. know where I'll, I'll be i'll be secured so right. when we went there they told me their plan i was like no i'm not leaving you guys i don't want to stay here i'm not leaving you guys so i came back so coming here they didn't want to tell me right their plan they were like we're just gonna 
get here and then just leave him here or something, you know? <laughs> wow. So, yeah. But you already knew English by then and you were like, yeah, yeah. you were good. Yeah. To kind of, man, I bet that was tough. So, is your family still over there right now? Yeah, they're still in Senegal. But now, now we're in a, in a good place because a lot of my, uh, through the years, a lot of my siblings, like, so I have two sisters, they got into uh, California. Oh, awesome. I have a brother with his entire family now. They're in Canada. Uh, one of my brother, he was there before the other brother. So, But him now, he's in Switzerland. So we just got into a place where everybody been, like a lot of people, not everybody, some of them are still in, in Africa, but we've, we're in, in a way that uh, we're able to kind of keep the family now together. Yeah. Like even if we're out here, you know, we're working hard here and we can support those who are there. So it's like life, it's a little bit more manageable, you know? Yeah. Because, um, you know, places like the West, like, you know, with all the flaws we have everywhere, but you can come here. If I feel like if you come here with a with the right mindset and you're just trying to do your own thing, mm -hmm. I think you can, you can earn some type of living, you know, you can earn some type of uh, money that yeah. can really help people help. back mm -hmm. there and to put them like in good conditions. Yeah. And, yeah, so that's really our mindset right now. It's like everybody who's out, like my sister in California, my brother in, in um, Canada, me here, my brother in Swiss, uh, and everybody. In, uh, I have a sister also now. He's she's in France. So all of us now we're just working to to keep the family, like to make sure the parents are taken care of. Like, yeah, everything that they need. They're living like in a good house, and right? Having the good health and every and yeah. everything. You know, that's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's amazing. That's that's a lot, man. That's a lot. Yeah. That's heavy. So, how do you connect with your your siblings that are like across the globe right now? What do you how, you, you you guys have each other's numbers and stuff now yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah, now it's easy. You know, Facebook. We <coughs> yeah. have uh, WhatsApp. Uh, so we have like a family page on WhatsApp. Okay. So everybody's in there. So even those who are in Africa, because WhatsApp is everywhere now. Yeah. And Africa is getting real good with uh, networks and all that stuff. So now it's very easy. Like I don't spend, like I don't pass a week without talking to my parent or without seeing them. You know, I okay. can call them, I can video chat them. Oh, that's awesome. I, yeah, I see, I see them every day. So we feel a little bit more closer, you know. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much how it is, man. Man, that's insane, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like that's so crazy. So like, here's the difference in my mind and like what I've gone through and what you've gone through. So. Mm -hmm. You say all like, you know, I have sisters and siblings in, you know, California and Canada and Switzerland and France. In my mind, I'm like, man, that's so crazy. But if those were my siblings, I'd be like, yeah, that's awesome. I get to go visit them in those different countries whenever I can. But to you, it's like probably I'm assuming, but it's like, man, they're like far away, but at least they're safe. Like, you know, yeah. that's so bizarre to me, the difference yeah. in that. But man, that's so crazy. Well, I'm glad you're here, man. I'm glad I got to meet you. I'm glad we're having this conversation right now. That's yeah. That's that is a blessing in itself. Um, so, so real quick, I want to kind of ask you one more question about that, and then I want to get into some music because I know you Thank love you, that. Man. But, but uh, so when throughout all this process, when did you meet your wife? Because I know you have a wife and you got two little babies. Yeah, two little two little kids. <laughs> yeah, they're adorable. When did Thank that happen? You. So that's 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 another story in itself. It's a beautiful one too. So I met my wife when we fled from uh, Congo to Mauritania. So apparently, my my parents and her parents they knew each other way back in in Africa. 
Oh wow. Yeah, in in Congo. I didn't even know. So my dad pretty much was like I think her dad's tutor or something like that at uh, school. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, so when we moved to Mauritania, they were there already because her dad uh got his uh pharmacist uh a diploma back in Congo. Oh yeah. And then he moved he got a war, a job offer in Mauritania to go run a pharmacy over there. Wow. So they moved there. And so when we started running away from Congo and we got there, since the parents knew each other and then it's a crazy story because her mom said she was praying and asking God that she wanted someone to come and help her faith grow. And God gave her her na- a name. She said uh, she said that she heard that God gave her her name. Said that okay, one person from this family will come and uh, will help you grow your faith and stuff like that. So when we got there, she asked my mom, uh, "Is there anybody in your family with this name?" And my mom was like, "Yeah, that's my I think my cousin or something." And for her, it was like a answered prayer. So we became like very close. So they eat, they knew each other, but that just got them a little more closer. Mm-hmm. So and when we we're really just living across the street, our house was were here, and their house were right here. It was just like the road in the middle. So yeah, that's how I met my wife. Really, I was seven years old. She was three, going before. Uh-huh. So we we met we met up as kids, man. Yeah. And, uh yeah and at church we always play like uh you know during christmas i'll always be joseph to be mary yeah sing at church so for two years we stayed there because from 1990 1997 to 1999 we stayed with them and 1999 that's when they moved here because they got the the diversity uh visa i don't know if you know that so each year america like you can play that uh it's like a lottery visa so each year, America gives like uh, this year. Last year, they kind of reduced the number, but the the normal thing is like America gives like fifty thousand free visa to people to come here to work. Like you you play the lottery, meaning like you apply for it, mm-hmm. and then apparently there's this computer that kind of just picks people randomly, randomly yeah. and if you're you pick, then you come here. You have uh, you have your green card. Uh, wow. And then you can also apply for a citizenship, I think, three years after that. Mm. So her dad did put his name and his family, and his name was picked. Wow. So in 1999, he, they came here. And, yeah, they've been here since. So, yeah, I met, I met my wife uh, when I was seven, and she was, like, four. And we were, like, cool, like, playing together. And then they moved here. So when they moved here, I didn't talk to her uh, any, I didn't talk to her or her family because it was like, it was so far. Yeah. And I was like nine by the time they moved here. She was like just six years old, you know? Right. And then I think in 2008, uh, my mom was invited for one of the conference that I talked to you about before. Right, right. So she was invited here. So when she came to the U.S. for that conference, she remingled against with her, her family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, she, and then... I think 2009 she got invited again and she, they started like really now having some type of uh communication but me still i didn't even know about them anymore but then it's in 2010 when uh facebook start picking up mm-hmm. then i got a message from uh my now wife but she just sent me a message like, do you remember me? Da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember your name. I, I remember you. But like, we were kids, you know. So yeah. and we just started talking on, on Facebook. And then 
crazy enough in 2010 crazy enough i don't know why i said that to her but i was like you know what in 2012 i'm gonna come visit you i just said it out of the blue randomly randomly and then she thought that i was just trying to play a game you know like (laughs) being an african guy trying to hit up on an american (laughs) lady you know what i'm saying so she was just like she said she didn't even pay attention to that she just thought i was just trying to play game you know just yeah and then i'm weird enough in 2012 i got invited to come here and then when i came here the the conference was in new york it wasn't even in texas so i went in new york and then from new york uh we got invited to go visit uh vom which is like um vom stands for voice of the martyrs okay and it's a christian uh g uh non-governmental uh thing that's it's in I think it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, that's where they they are. So my dad was working with them mm-hmm. when he was in Africa. So they also send like missionaries, but they're trying to help people who are persecuted like from Africa. Yeah. Yeah, meaning like if you're a Muslim and then you accept Christ, your family is going to reject you or your family will try to kill you. So mm-hmm. Voice of Martyr, they're trying to help people like that who are persecuted because they decided to follow Christ. Right. So my dad started working with them him being there and uh since uh he needed me because um he wanted they can just work with you if you are like uh an organization yourself so my dad needed to open his organization so since in africa i did study like a little bit of computer engineering and stuff like that so i became like my dad's it okay you know so i kind of helped him open the his own organization i created everything he needed you know i created like uh, the logo for his company and all that stuff and since this uh, VOM is an American company, so they needed someone who can really translate fluently, like from English to French, so people can understand. So I became a translator Whoa. for that. And then so when they started sending missionaries uh, over there to go do some campaign, then I'll travel with them to translate, you know, to right. local languages, like either French or Wolof, whatever they needed, translate for them. So when they heard that we were coming here, for on that um event by Gwen, then they were like, "Oh, when you guys are done, we're gonna pay for you guys to come to uh, Oklahoma to visit the the base and just give your testimony because everybody like really uh, amazed by you know be you are just young because I was twenty two at that time. Yeah, you being twenty two and helping all these missionaries and never ask for anything, never ask for any help, you know, never even ask for money or stuff like that. So we just wanted you to come out here. We just want to appreciate you. So we went there uh, with my parents to Oklahoma to visit them. And then it was good. They really received us well. And they had like a um, a talk with me and you just wanted to record a little bit of my testimony and what I do mm-hmm. with people. And then we came to Texas to visit the family of my wife uh my, my now wife but at that time you know to visit right. them and just uh and then when i when we got here here in texas i started helping uh, uh there's a pastor who wanted to open uh the the ministry the spiritual warfare ministry she, uh, he wanted to open one here so he wanted me to help him with worship and stuff like that so i started playing in his church like uh, help with worship and he really liked the way i was worshiping and then when my he talked to my parents. He was like, why are you guys trying to take him back to Africa when you guys know already what's going on there? He can just stay here. And I'm vouching myself to get him in my house to, you know, to t- 
take care of them and to work with his uh, asylum case to pay for the fees and all that stuff so he can get asylum and stay here. So that's that was the plan. That's what right. yeah, that's what they wanted to do. But then my um my father in law, so my wife uh my wife father, uh like because of our culture, that's very insulting for him to let someone else take him take me in their house while he's still here because he's more close to our family. Right. So he didn't find it right for me to go stay with someone else. So he told my parents now nah, if you guys want him to stay here, he'd rather stay in my house to stay with us yeah. because you guys are close. I cannot have, because he's like my own son. I mm -hmm. cannot have him stay with someone else like that you guys just met here. Right. You know, so that's how I stayed. He decided for me to stay with them. So yeah, when I stayed with them, like I think three, three months after I got here, me and my wife, we started dating because when I got here, she was all grown. She was, smart that's what really attracted me to her i knew that she was smart when she was small but you know when you you're small it's like everybody's smart kind of yeah. like when you're more it's like coloring and right, that stuff. right everybody looks smart yeah but when i came here she was really smart like i think she got second in her in her class wow uh, when she graduated from high school mm -hmm. she was what you guys call it like i think is valedictorian or something like that salutatorian salutatorian yeah yeah, she was that, you know, and that just amazed me. And then I, and I was just having conversation with her. She was just very smart. Yeah, and that's what really, that's one of my thing. Like a girl who has brain, like <laughs> it's over. Just, it just gets me. It's so game over. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I found that, and she was, you know, beautiful. But it was more her her brain. I was yeah. just like, because I always told myself, I want to marry a very smart girl so I can have smart kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and then yeah, we it just felt I felt hard for her, and then I told her, you know, um, and then we started dating at that point, like since uh, August 15, twenty twelve. Wow. Yeah, that's when we started like dating. Like the first year, I told her like, yes, I mean, I'm I'm just focused on you, but let's see how this first school year for you is going to be because she was going to college that yeah uh, that year, and since I was living in their house. You know, Africans, they're very, uh, very strict with school. Like, you ask any African, like, school comes first. Right. So, and since I was living in their house with her dad, I didn't want, like, like a fling or a love story between us, like, kind of takes away her mind from her studies. Mm -hmm. I, I just wanted her, like, just prove to your dad that even if you love someone, you still can be excellent in school. Yeah. And she did great first year. And then after that first year, when she did great, then I had the courage to tell her family, like, I'm dating, I'm dating her. The mom, she was pretty cool with it at, at first. The dad was a little like, because it's like, for me, for him, I was like his son. Right. It's like his son dating his daughter. It was kind of just like no, a I get very that. weird. Yeah. Very weird dynamic, you know? For her, yeah, I can imagine that for him, yeah. Yeah, so, but... um. He started coming around. I think, uh, I think it's really after the wedding. How he saw that I really worked hard for my wedding and paid for everything by myself and all that stuff. Like wow. I think he respected me more. Yeah. Uh, at that point, and yeah, that's amazing, man. And the, do they live here still? Yeah, they still live here. They re live in Round Rock, just by the Walmart on Seventy Nine. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a similar story. My I'm dating. Uh, I don't know if you've met her, Taylor Martinez. She goes to the church. Yeah, I saw her. I think. Yeah, that's um, 
That's Daniel's sister. Oh. Yeah, Daniel's my roommate, and we're, we've been best friends since we met. And so it was, that was weird, too. Definitely not as <laughs> crazy as the story you just told, but yeah. kind of similar in terms. Because I've known Taylor for quite a while now, but mm-hmm. didn't start dating until like a, a little over a year ago. So mm-hmm. it's wild, man. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about the music, man. Yeah. What what started this and how like how were you able like were you in a situation just growing up where you were able to be around the keys or like did you just kind of like how, how did your interest with music start and you're then about, you're about to laugh at me right now. Let me hear it, dude. That story you're about to laugh at me, man. So <laughs> every time I think about it, I get a little it's funny but also emotional, kinda. Okay. So um it was in twenty thirteen. But even yeah, I started really picking out keys like 2013 no not 2013 what i'm talking about 2003 2003 yeah 2003 so um in 2000 in 2011 uh, 2001 uh 50 cent came out with that uh that uh album get rich or that trying yeah you know so he, he was rapping a lot of slang like at that time I didn't really understand what slang, like a lot of words, like even crossword for me. I didn't understand what it was. So I wasn't really paying attention to the lyrics, but those beats, they were just nothing, you know? Yeah. So I, I was just like, I was really writing the that that album, you know, I was really into hip hop at that time, you know? So I was just writing those songs like 50 Cent, um, Jay-Z and all, the, all of them, like those beats for me was really the beats. The beats were just get me they going. spoke to you yeah they would just get me going but uh i grew up like in a very strict strict home you know my dad right. my dad is a pastor my brother is a pastor you know so for him like at that time hip-hop for him like that's the devil's music bro you mm-hmm. don't you don't mess with that you yeah. know <laughs> so but for me it was like the beats bro you yeah. know so and then i had to talk with my dad my dad was like in my house don't play that type of song and i was like that I don't even care about what he's saying. I don't even know what he's saying, but those beats. And then he was like, well, you know, the, the lyrics, and even if you don't understand, sometimes they have subliminal messages and they work on you on you without you knowing. And one day you find yourself saying things that you don't even know what they mean, but you're just saying right. them. You know, and, I, and then out of frustration, like that was really out of frustration. I didn't tell him, but in my head I was like, you know what? I'm going to start making my own beats. Yeah. I didn't even know how to make a beat. <laughs> I didn't even know what's required to make a beat, but I was just frustrated that now I can't he- listen to all this beat. I was like mad inside. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start making my own beats. Yeah. And then fast forward two years later, my dad goes away. Uh, in uh, I was in Mauritania. So my dad goes away in uh, Burundi and Kenya because he was working for the United Nations at that time. He got a job with the United Nations. So he went there because he graduated with a degree in uh, rural engineering, which is kind of civil engineering. So Mm -hmm. you go to those places trying to get people houses, uh, you know, design houses, trying to build them, uh, design like well for people to get water and design them. So he was doing that for them. And then my mom leaves. She goes to South Africa. She had to be there for her also her own safety. So I just stay home with my sisters. Because at that time, my brother was already married. My The elder one, he was already married. The other brother, I don't even know where he was. Because like I told you, sometimes we're together, sometimes you just have to. So right. I don't even know in 2003 where he was. But my brother who was married, uh, he was still in Mauritania, but he has his own house and mm-hmm. his family. 
So I was staying with my sister. And my sister, like, they, they love me a lot, you know, because I was just a guy who liked to make everybody happy, mm-hmm. crack jokes. And I was very good at school, you know, so they didn't have to really worry that much about me because they yeah. knew that at school, even if the parents were not there, they knew that I'll, I'll hold my own in school, still right, still come on top so the parents will be happy. Because like I told you, African parents, as, as long as you're good at school... <laughs> You're fine. Right. But if you start dropping those grades, man, <laughs> it's not good for you. <laughs> so they knew. So my sister, they would do everything for me, kind of, you know, wash my clothes. Right. Cook the meals, you know. Um, they'll give me little chores, but they they were just, they, they were making my life a little easy because mm-hmm. I was I was not a, a trouble kid to them, you know. I would just do whatever I have to do. Right. But my brother, he was like, no. Nah, you, you you cannot stay with them. You have to come stay with me because if you just stay with your sister, like they're turning you into a little brat, you know, they do everything <laughs> for you. I won't. Right. Because in 2003, I was 13 at that time. Yeah. He was like, you are you are becoming a young man. You got to learn things. So you have to come and stay with me. So I go there and stay with him. And this guy is working me as if I was, I don't know, a slave or something, man. <laughs> There's running water in the house. No, he wants me to get some buckets to go out there in the in the well, go fetch water in the well. Yeah. I'm like, there's running water in the house. <laughs> He's like, no, you need to learn the hard way. We had to do this when we were like your age. I was like, that was you like he's 19 year older than me i was like that was way way back you know <laughs> we have water here so now nah, you need and in african culture you can't even talk back to your your elders they yeah. tell you something you gotta do it so my life was miserable man at that, t- <laughs> at that point my life was miserable so i'll i'll do all these things he wakes me up at 5 a.m you go go to the well you have to do all these chores now I have to wash my own clothes and I've never washed my own clothes <laughs> right. before. And he was like, no, you have to learn. But he doesn't even tell me what to do. He just gives me the soap and the water, the detergent, the bleach was like, you need to wash. So me not knowing to, I put everything together, bleach, soap, and all the clothes, not knowing that bleach doesn't work with colored clothes. Mm-hmm. So I ruined my entire Oh, all your clothes? All my clothes were ruined. Wow. I, I was pissed, man. <laughs> I was really livid, you know. And I think I think I went through depression. Yeah. And, dur- and during that moment, I don't know why, but my niece is so... Uh, at that time, he just had like two daughters at that time. So they had, you know, those little keyboard, like those babies keyboard, those piano for kids. They had it. So every time I was really depressed, I was feeling low, I'll take these keys, those keys, the keyboards, mm-hmm. and I'll play like key by keys, like very sad songs that kind of made me feel, kind of express what I was feeling inside. Yeah. So I'll play different songs. But the crazy thing is I never took you no know, keyboard lessons. Right. But weird enough, I'll play the songs. I just it, it's by looking at it, it's just like I knew where to press to bring that tone. So and I'll play all songs just like that. And then my brother would come to the door 
and listen to me playing songs that he knows like and all the phrases and then he asked me how how are you doing that uh, who who taught you piano because we never took classes and i was like i don't know i'm just pressing and and it was like nah but you are playing those songs how right. do you know where to press i was like i don't know i'm just pressing and it's i just just look and i feel like that's how it goes and then he caught it he caught that i had that gift i didn't cut it. for me it was just like releasing my pain like even when he was asking me i was like what are you asking me for leave me alone you're the one who put him yeah. into this you know yeah. to these problems so when he caught that i had a gift he called my dad he was like i think gideon has a gift uh playing piano so when you, when you come back we need to buy him a bigger keyboard so yeah. he can con kind of learn learn and just go with it and funny enough bro i started playing with just these two fingers wow that's how i was playing you know so when my dad came he bought me like uh it was a yamaha y32 i can never forget that, uh, that wow. model so i was just keep on playing keep on playing and then at church where i was they wanted to have someone to lead sometime worship and i just volunteered myself and bro but i'll play just like this you know and sing and some people in the crowd they'll laugh at me because they were better keyboard player they can play all these fancy things But for me, every time I into music, I'm so synced in that even if you laugh at me, I don't care. Like for me, it's like, man, I'm I'm worshiping. I'm I'm happy. You know, yeah. I was just like this playing. And then long behold, before you know it, it was two finger, three, and then now. So everything I play, bro, I I don't know. Like yeah. I really never learn. You know, it's just right. it just comes and mm -hmm. but But then my my parents and then my sister also uh, and my wife, she was like, you know, why don't you take classes now? You know, so that you can even be way better than now. But that's something that I very afraid of doing because yeah. I feel like by me not really knowing what I'm doing, it keeps me to a level headed place where I I'm, I can be I can be proud. Uh, pride cannot take over me because every time someone asks me hey how you do it I'm like i don't know man it's just it's just god's grace and i and i want to keep myself there because i've seen people being so good at the pride take over it's like man, right. i know i'm a pro you know what i'm saying right i, I do all, the, all <laughs> this thing i know all these things like for me like being in the place where i, I can be like i really don't know it just comes to me keeps you humble it keeps me very humble and yeah. i just want to be there because sometimes like with artists like Pride is one thing that will kill you. Yeah. Right? That will just take you away. So I want... Yeah. So, yes, I want to go learn. But at the same time, I, I'm just afraid that I don't want to give any space for pride to kind of yeah. cripple in. So, yeah, me just being in a way where I can be like, I really don't know, man. It's just God's grace. I feel like it keeps me humble and down, you know. Right. Just... Yeah, that's interesting, man. That's that's amazing. I have actually taken... I've taken lessons. Mm -hmm you know when i was middle school yeah i took it for maybe two weeks and i was like man mom <laughs> this is lame i don't want to do this but i regret it so much because i love i have a keyboard in there i'll let you play it after there's there's two keys that are kind of don't work but um <laughs> dude it's it's amazing to be able to play a piano having a skill just an instrument in general yeah it's so relieving of like stress and even though you're 
you're trying to learn a new song or learn a new melody or something and yeah. and you can't quite get it you get frustrated but even that frustration isn't like it's not a negative frustration yeah it's like you're putting your mind towards achieving some sort of goal um and it's just beautiful like i, I love it because it it clears my mind and it also works my mind in a way that i don't normally use it yeah and it, it's it's super humbling because you try to play the keyboard or the piano or the guitar or whatever instrument and you you can't like whenever you first pick it up if you could play it then like props to you yeah. like you need to probably be like some sort of musical genius and do some <laughs> something with that but if you if you, there's no way you're going to be able to play it first exactly first strum or first keys on the chord you know yeah and it's like it just humbles you because you can't do it no matter how much you want to at that moment when you're first starting out you're like okay i have to put the work in i have to practice i have to get better because it's never going to get better if you don't you know Mm -hmm. which is cool because that translates to life but how i don't just knowing you like i don't know you very well Mm -hmm. this is like the longest conversation we've ever had for sure uh I, i don't i don't see you getting prideful man i see you as someone who especially during church whenever you're in church service you just you like let go and you just you're just playing with your heart you know and so maybe i don't know maybe don't throw out that idea to you too much or don't throw out that idea just yet because you're right man. you could always level up you know yeah you could always level up i mean i don't know what your goals are with music but uh, hopefully you stay doing it forever because you're great at it Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I know. How, uh, is the, I think I know for sure. The thing is, like, I know it's the right thing to do to go just like take these classes to even to be better and to just mm-hmm. like to even know a little more about what I what, what you're doing, because it's always good. Also, you know, uh, I think excellence is never bad. It's just like how you manage it. Right. You know, but it's just, man, it's. I think one thing that gets me just scared is like, you know, when you go from, when you just go from trial to trial and a lot of stuff that I've seen, you know, and it's just like, man, I was not even supposed to kind of be here Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for God's grace. So anything that I'm not saying that I'm going to do, but anything that I feel like and this might happen where I get like prideful and arrogant against God. It scares me because it's like, man, when I see like my mom was about to pass, my dad was about to pass, all this thing, like myself, like was about to to pass. I've been attacked different. It's like, but God was there, but God was there, God was there. So anything that makes me even slightly think that, oh, you may be, you may be like arrogant against God. It just scares me, but I, I right. need to brush it off. But you're right, though. I need to brush it off. I know that I'm going to take classes, man. Well, that's a good fear to have, right? It's 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 a good fear to have that, yeah. you know, you could lose it at any time because it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Just like you've been saying. But you you also have to maybe think of it like in terms of maybe if I get better at this skill and I love it. Because I know you love it. I see you yeah. up there playing. I know you love it. It's undeniable. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe that could be the way that you provide for your family one day. Uh, not only your your family here, but your family back wherever they are, whoever needs yeah. help. You know. And yeah. so that's what that's what I'd have to say, man. That's 
because you're really good, dude. And if Thank you've you, never bro. had a lesson or anything, that's, that's incredible. Thanks, bro. Because, Thank dude, I've legitimately, this is not a joke. I'm talking to Taylor, and I'll, I'll go through waves. Obviously, I don't love it as much as you do because I'm not in there practicing every day or playing in front of the church. But uh, I'll go through waves in my life where I'm like, oh, I'm all about the keyboard. I'm going to learn this song. Mm-hmm. And then I'll learn, I'll learn it. And then after a little bit, I'm like, I get distracted easily, right? Just yeah. because it's not my true passion. The yeah. keyboard isn't my true passion, the keys. And so I'm like, man, like, and then I'll pick it up again. I'll forget what I had already learned. And then it's it's just like an endless cycle of me not ever progress, progressing as much as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, I was talking to Taylor and I was like, man, do you think, do you think Gideon would give me lessons on the piano? Like if I asked him, like I'd, you know pay him or whatever we wanted to do but like do you think do we do that and she was like i don't know i've never talked to him so it's just <laughs> funny that you say you've never had lessons because i was like genuinely thinking about asking you for lessons like it's funny you say that because uh you know Stephen right karen uh husband i think so yeah he he asked me he asked me like if i can give him uh any lesson but i told him the truth i was like i can teach you what i think i know yeah you know because after playing for a while there's something that now you feel like okay this is this sounds like this because of that i have to do this like that you know you kind of pick it up right i I told him like i never took a lesson i'm not like a pro but whatever i know i can teach you and then you can pick it from Mm -hmm. there you know so that's awesome yeah man i think it's uh Once you find, I've been, you know, I've been doing this podcast for like a couple months, right? I Mm -hmm. I try to do one episode a week uh, and just talk to people like yourself and and really introduce them to the people I know, which isn't super big. And hopefully others listen too, so that they can hear these people's uh, stories essentially. But the, the thing I've been telling people like that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. If they have any questions about like, do you like, what do I do? Or like, I'm really looking for some sort of work or I don't know what to do for a living. You know and I'm like? Mm-hmm. I'm like, just follow your passion. Cause that's kind of what I'm learning right now is like, I-, I love this. I love talking to people, hearing their stories, getting it out there to the people who need to hear it. Yeah. And I'm like, this is what I would love to do for a career. So I'm going to continue to do it and continue to get better. Uh, and so I would encourage you to do that. And that's what I tell people is like, if you love it, like it's gonna you're gonna have a hard time not doing it it, yeah and so that's what i feel like with you man it's like thanks bro that's really encouraging man yeah i mean you are like on the list like i can put you on the same list as my sister my sister she's like the one who's in california she's like the one that i'm just after Mm -hmm. her name is deborah man she's on my butt all the time because even (laughs) for the music part you know like because I, i i started playing keys first but then remember when I told you that I, that day when I got mad and my dad's telling me to not listen to 50 Cent? Yeah. I was like, in my head, I was like, I'm going to start making my own beat. So in 2006, so that was like five years after I, I made that comment. 2006, we moved to Senegal. And then my dad decided like, oh, you know what? Uh, he's going to get me like a, 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 a computer. But it's, you know, yeah. you know, those back days, those computers, they were huge, man. Yeah. So, and it was like Pentium 2. We were not even like in those i5 or oh, i7. Wow. That was like a Pentium 2. But for me, it was like, that was my first computer. I was mm-hmm. so happy, bro. <laughs> so he gets it uh, for me. Uh, and then he gets this IT dude to come and install like Windows. And I think it was like Windows 5 or something. It was right. old, man. But 
he came to install the window uh, so I can have like, you know, the uh, OS to, to, to work the computer. Mm-hmm. And this guy didn't even know me, man. And that's why I feel like, you know, just like you said, I feel like it's a music is a passion, but I feel for me, it's really like a gift. It's like, it's God who kind of give it to me. That's how mm-hmm. I see it. Because a lot of people who even don't know me, Sometimes when they want to offer me something, it's so weird because most of the time they'll offer me like a musical thing. Like even if they don't even know me, they don't know anything about me. Wow. Like I have two guitars that were given it to me by people. They don't even know that I do music. They don't even know if I play guitar. They just buy me this guitar and just feel like, hey, I just felt like I wanted to give you that. Right. You know, so that's amazing. To, to go back to that story, that, that computer guy, he comes and installs uh, the, the OS, the Windows OS, and then he installed a crack version of Fruity Loops, which is like, a, what? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he put it in my computer. He doesn't know me, but he put it there. And then when I saw it, I was like, well, what is this? What is it? It was like, oh, this is like Fruity Loops. So people use that to make some type of beats. And all that stuff. And I was like, beats? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, mind you, that's my first time to hear of Free Loops. I don't even know how it works. But a drive just came into me, man. I spent all night trying to make a beat uh, on, on, on Free Loops. And, like, I didn't know the program. So, I didn't even know that they had, like, uh, you know, you have patterns. Like, you can do a loop and just loop it up. I didn't even know. So I did like a three-minute song full on a piano roll. And that takes you like, if you want to do it that way, it takes you hours. So I started making that beat at 7 p.m. I was done making that beat by 4 a.m. Wow. And mind you, I don't even know mixing. I don't, at that time, I didn't know what mixing was. I didn't know how to polish a song. So for me, it was just like trying to make a beat. And I was just trying to recreate a beat that I heard already. And mind you, also, that was a crack version. It was the demo version. So there's nothing such as saving so you can come back to it. Oh, wow. If you close the program, everything you did, it's gone because it's just a demo, a demo version, right? So I stayed up all night and I had school the next day, but I don't know. It was just that drive. Stayed up all night and make that that crappy beat. Like that beat, like you can tell what beat it is, but it sounded bad because right. it's not mixed. It's not properly mixed. And then, but for me, I was like, man, I can make beats, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, man, I stayed into four. I made it, exported it, put it in my flash drive. I brought it to school, tell my friends, man, I make beats now. <laughs> and then they played it and they were like, we know which song, but like, keep working, man. Yeah. Like, keep working. So now that was my, that was my passion. Wow. Right? I go to school, come back, free loops, making a beat every day. And then I started understanding. The first thing I understood it was leveling. I wasn't even into frequency, mixing, and all that, like EQing. I didn't know all that. But something just told me, oh, maybe if you level things, it sound more clear. I was like, oh, that's not a bad idea. So I started just leveling, making the 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 drums sounding a little bit more present. And then the instrument, I started leveling. And it was, for me, it was just like a kid in a candy store. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like every single day, by the time we're done with school, I just want to go home. I don't even care about eating anymore. My mom started <laughs> getting on me because I'll get home. I'm not even eating. It's like, free the loops. Yeah. Trying to make a beat, trying to make a beat, you know. And yeah, that's wow. how it started. And then in my school in Senegal, there were some guys that wanted to be rappers too. And then 
but to buy beats was kind of expensive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they'll come to me like, hey, can you make a beat for me? Man, I started feeling like, man, I'm into the industry. Wow, <laughs> man. You know, so. Yeah, I bet. I started making like, those beats were really like, it wasn't like the best beat, but you can vibe to it. You yeah. know, there was just something about the beat they liked, you know, and then a talent show, they'll rap over my beats, they'll go over my beats, man. And then that's how I started. I just started keeping on doing it, keeping mm-hmm. on doing it, keeping on doing it. And in 2011, I released my first EP in Africa and I made everything was like on free loops. And then at that time, there was also this program, um, Magic Music Maker. Okay. So I started combining two. So I didn't know that you can record vocals on uh, on Freedom Loops. But Magic Music Maker, you can record vocals. But, bro, I didn't even have, like, professional or good mics. I was just using, like, the, the speakers the speaker the in, the, in the computer. But somehow, I was able to kind of make this thing sound in a way that people can enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and I and released an EP and people liked it, you know. Wow. So right now in my head, I'm like, that's it. I'm a producer, man. (laughs) (laughs) You know, started feeling like, yeah, man, I'm into it, you know. So I go and tell my dad, you see, I make my own beats now, (laughs) you see. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, man. But but when I got here, that's when it really took off, really took took off. Because when I got here, uh, my mother-in-law bought me like my first, like, if I can say professional mic, it was a right. it was a Blue Yeti. Yeah, yeah, those gray ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my first one, and she all and and I and I saved up a little bit of money because when I was playing in that pastor that I told you who wanted me to stay with them here. Yeah, when I was playing in his church, sometimes people would come and just bless me at the end of the service, like, "Hey, here's twenty dollars. Here's five dollars. Oh, wow. You know, thank you for playing. It was a blessing." So they'll just give me some things. So I was saving that money because I I saw a MIDI keyboard oh, yeah. that I really wanted to buy to be able to start making beats, really, because I had a, a laptop, but I didn't have a MIDI keyboard. And on YouTube, I was seeing like those producers having a keyboard. So I was like, so that want, means man. if I have that keyboard, I'll be at that level. Yep. You know? <laughs> so I started saving and then they took me and my mother-in-law took me to Guitar Center. Yeah. To Ooh. get me that mic. Right. When I got in Guitar Center, I didn't want to leave, bro. I know, man. That place my, is awesome. I look at all these things. I was like, man, this is where I'm supposed to be. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? And then I bought that that keyboard. And then I started, you know, I started just feeling like, man, I can really do this. Like, I really love doing this, mm-hmm. you know? So I started making beats. And then I created a, a, a group. Like, I wanted... I want to have a group, like, so we can do shows and stuff like that. Because now I'm thinking big, you know. I'm like, oh, I can make beats. Even if I didn't know about me, even to that time, I still didn't know about mixing. But people can just tell the beat was good. Yeah. Like, they can just vibe to it, you know. So I was like, man, I need to, I need to have a group. So all of my friends that I met here, everybody wanted to be a singer too at that time. <laughs> everybody wanted to be a singer, yeah. you know. So I was like, yeah, let's make a group first. First thing, bro, we were 32 in a group. 32 people? 32 people. Wow. Every Saturday, we'll swarm my father-in-law, like, garage. We'll be <laughs> in there, man, you know. And I was, bro, I was really feeling like, man, I'm making it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, I put that Blue Yeti in, in the shoebox. 
I cut some foam, put it around so it can be insulate and all that. So I, I felt like I was an engineer or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> I was just feeling fly, <laughs> you know, recording everybody, like recording. Yeah. And then, you know, but with time, we went from 32. Some people started leaving because a lot of people, you know, they thought like, okay, we're starting this music today and it's just going to pay off today. You know, mm-hmm. it was just, that's why they thought, they thought like, okay, you just make song and then you start making money. And that's I mean, it. that's not how it is. You right, know? right, we right. all know that's not how it is. Like, I didn't even know most of the thing that I was doing, you know, so. And then when they started seeing that, yeah, we're making songs, but, you know, we're not selling them or anything like that, you know, because they were telling me, let's sell, sell the songs. Yeah. But in my mind, I wouldn't lie to myself. I was like, bro, these things are not industry quality yet you know yeah people can hear the idea but it's not industry quality right let, let us just work until we can really put out something that can stand you know right now you can see the idea but it sounds bad like you're playing on right. a good system it's just gonna be bad you know but then some of them they started just dropping 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 and then we stayed we were just uh seven of us oh wow so when we 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 got down to seven of us. We, uh, my brother-in-law, came up with a name. Like we were trying to find the name of the group, and then my brother-in-law came up with a name. So we're gonna be called A18, which stands for Acts chapter one verse eight. You know, uh, the verse pretty much said that you're gonna go through the nations preaching like uh, the gospel. Like you're gonna receive my spirit, and then you're gonna go to the nation preaching my gospel. So because that's what our music was. That's about. pretty. That's a pretty cool name, actually. Yeah. So we say A18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the name. You know, yeah. we make t-shirt. We make t-shirt. We have a logo and everything. Man, we feeling like a group now. Right. So we started making songs, and then people started inviting us at different churches that they invite us to go perform and do like some little like youth night shows and stuff like that so we go we start performing now i'm start seeing people are really liking what we're doing you know yeah it's still not sounding the best but people are dancing to it right people are liking it so i was like yeah man i need to save up now i found a job because when i got here in 2012 i was not allowed to work or go to school because i applied for asylum i had to wait until they give me like a work permit and all that stuff. Right, right. So from 2012 to 2014, I couldn't work, and and that 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 those two years was also hard for me. Um, but I used those years to get back in shape, like really, because at one point, like my belly was big, bro. Yeah. Like, cause when I got here in in the U.S., I thought. You, your Fanta, your Fanta here was the same as the one in, in Africa. It's not, bro. <laughs> What's the, the difference? The sugar level. Oh, yeah. Here, there's a ton of sugar in oh, it. Oh, yeah. Everything has a ton of sugar in it. Bro, in three <laughs> months, I just had like a huge belly. Because I, because in Africa, I loved Fanta. I would drink Fanta almost every day. So yeah. when I came here, I was like, oh, that's the same thing. So I just was just chugging it fanta and it's very it was very cheap here my my father-in-law had like always like cases of them so i was just drinking like four or five every day four or five every day in three months bro my you had like section a, you had like a beer belly without the beer yeah my yeah. section was just you know and then so since i, I wasn't working i just started running because that's one thing that i love to do besides soccer running so i just started running like three times a day like i'll run like 10 miles the, 
like in the morning and then I'll do like six miles in the afternoon. And then before going to sleep, like I'll do maybe another five miles, just running every day, running wow. every day, running every day. And then I thinned out like it was good. And, I, and and since then till now, I never drink any more sodas in this country, man. I was really? Like, yeah. Mm-mm. I don't yeah. drink soda. The only <laughs> thing you see me drinking water, <laughs> sip my lemon every day. But if it's juice, like 100% juice or something like that, I would do. But yeah. sodas, nope. Man, yeah, sodas are not good, man. No, nah, I'm not doing that. So yeah, yeah man. Uh, so when I started working in 2014, I started saving up money because now I see like people really like this music. I was like, I need to invest in it. So at that, mind you, at that time, the only thing that I had was uh, that um keyboard mm-hmm. and that Blue Yeti mic. So I, I started working in 2014. I saved up 2015. Now I bought myself like like uh those professional speakers right the it was the krk rockets five i bought them i bought like the stand i bought myself a shield like for the mic know, for the mic yeah and all that stuff and i bought also like uh, uh it was a little mixer at that point i didn't have a i didn't have um an interface yet but i was using like a little mixer it was a behringer that i bought dude you have an insane memory <laughs> You know that? Yeah, I guess. You're very specific with everything you've said. Like <laughs> the exact dates, how old you were, all the way back from 1990, 1990. Yeah. Like 1997, you mentioned stuff from 1993. That's yeah, man. crazy, man. I, I am not, I don't have a good memory at all. I don't know how you do that. Just, man, it marks me. So, you know, he <laughs> marked me. Yeah. So I bought this thing, man. And, uh, my father-in-law, he allowed me to have this thing in the room where I was. Yeah. Uh, he was letting me sleep in, you know. But we had rules because it was like, man, you cannot bump music all yeah, the time. This is sense. not Africa, man. 10 p.m., <laughs> cut that off. Africa. Yeah, it was like 10 p.m., cut that off. Man. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay. You know? Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, so now, now we started getting better sound, you know, better sound. And we just... And now people started paying us to go perform places. Oh, wow. You know, so the seven who stayed, they started seeing a little bit of trickling of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and then, yeah. And it just went from there, just growing. And one of my friends in the group, he makes music too, Mohammed now. Yeah, he even went to ACC to start studying it because he really wants to be like, really want to know all this, how to make music and all that stuff. So he's studying it. That's and awesome. He's getting like he's getting phenomenal also with his music, yeah. You know, so yeah, and uh, and yeah, man, it just music started be made. Like you know, start making music, and uh, I can write too. Like I write songs. Wow. Like I've been writing before, even starting making beats. But and that's when I started getting on my own song. Before I'll make beats for people. Right. And then well, my wife was like, "Why you don't?" At that time, she was just my girlfriend. She was like, "Why you don't sing on the song? Because you you lead worship. That means you can sing. You write song. You even write song for people. Why don't you just get on your own beats?" And mm-hmm. I was like, you know "What? I never thought of that." <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I started doing that, and then people started liking the song that I write. You know, and uh, yeah, just taking it from there, and you know, just just pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. But then I started really coming out. To yeah, the people that was just back in 2018. Okay, pretty recent. Yeah, in 2018 because now, from that point to that point, now I know what mixing is. It took me 
all this time to know what right. mixing is. Now I know how to mix a little more a little advanced better. in it. Yeah. yeah. I know how to EQ, like how to, uh, all these things, you know, it took me all that time because like, I didn't want, I didn't have all the funds to go to pay school to right. learn that. So mm -hmm. I was like, I was just going to learn how to go like to, on the go and YouTube great place. Like sometimes people will drop a little bit of knowledge here and there. So yeah. I, I'll practice, you know, I'll just go and practice, go yeah. and practice. And then I started find, finding my sound too, you know, I really started finding my sound. And, uh, but in 2015, that's when I started selling beats because now I know how to mix them. Right. And people really love the beats. So I started selling beats to some rappers and people like selling them. And then I started seeing money in there too. So I was like, that's great. But then 2017, I get married. So, and me and my wife, we got pregnant quick. Yeah. Because we both got married. We we're both virgins. So yeah. we didn't even know. So when we got married, like you're new to sex, you know, right? And, right. And then it's like, that's awesome, you know? <laughs> and then boom. It was like, well, she got pregnant, I think, three weeks after we got married, right. something like that. So we got married, uh, we got pregnant pretty quick. So when the baby comes, now I, I, I got to be there. Full attention. She, exactly. You know, so the selling beats part started going down because I was just fully invested in my son, you know, and in the family and how to do all these things. So people will ask me for beats. It's like, I want to do it. But at the same time, it's like, I want to spend time with my kid, you yeah. know. And, and for me, because for me, I saw, I saw how my life was a very, um, very like scattered time. Yeah. Sometimes that is there. Sometimes it's not there because he has to travel. He has to go in hiding, all that stuff. So I wanted my son to always have me. Yeah. You know, I wanted him to be always close. So That's beautiful. At that point, like the, the selling beats, I, I just, I was like, man, I'm going to take a break. Yeah. For now I'm doing that. And even the group also kind of a little bit crumble at that point because it's like my friends also like they were still uh, bachelors, you know, they're not married, like, but the, the dynamics just a little change because yeah. now I'm married. I'm trying to be a little bit more home. I'm trying to do all these things and I cannot hang out as much, you know, so they felt like uh, the, the dynamics were just changing. So. But I talked to everybody. I was like, man, we, we're a group. All of us, we do music. So if we can work like on a program or on a schedule, like, okay, we have this schedule. We can do music and then release or something like that. Or And I, I was like, but I want also to empower, empower you guys. Like, it's not because now I'm a little bit restricted that you guys cannot continue to do it. You know, you just continue to do it. Like, if you have time, go represent the entire group. If I have time, I'll represent the entire group. But like, we took really a big shock like at that point yeah and also some of the people in the group this they graduated high school they had to go to college so the group kind of just a little bit faded away mm -hmm. uh, during that that moment um yeah man and and at that point i almost like went a year and a half really without making it like, really yeah without really making i'll make like a beat every two three months here and there but not posting it i'll just make it to, to just keep myself like making beats you know and then my wife was like no you cannot take that as an excuse you know try to try to try to do like even something by yourself like because sometimes i'll have time and i want to do it with my with the group and all that stuff because i was too focused on to like just the group first you know 
And then my wife was like, people will move. Like sometimes people will go on with their lives or things will happen. But I think you really have a, a, a great talent. Why don't you try to do something by yourself too? You know, if we are a group, we can do project as group, but also do a personal project. That way you don't just cut off because the group mm -hmm. were not doing something. And I, yeah. was, I really thought of it and I was like, you're right, because I have all the material here. You know, I have a mic here. I make beats. I can record myself. So I don't really have an excuse mm -hmm. to not, you know, I can I can plan around. It's not like my son doesn't sleep the time he goes to sleep. So I can right. use that time to create something. Yeah. So that's when I got back in 2018. I was like, okay, I need to do something. So 2018, I got back, made a song. And I was like, my wife was like, you need to shoot a video of it because you don't even have a video of a song. Right. I was like, you're right. So we shoot a video and I release it and it goes berserk. People loved it. Like, oh man, we thought that you don't do music anymore. Like, that's beautiful. And I was like, okay, people people still believe that I can do that. So yeah. I was like, okay, let me be serious about this. Yeah. So I think that was, that video was, uh, we dropped that video in September. And then in December, I make a song and this time I feature my wife and I record her. We do it. We shoot a video. We dropped it and people loved it. And I was like, oh, okay, man, this, this, I can, I can pick this up, you know? So yeah. from there, 2019, I started, I worked and I released my first EP in America. It was in 2019 called uh, Welcome to My Word. I really love that EP because I really gave the stories, you know, right. from Africa, how uh, I did everything that we did running from Africa, like how at age five, that was the first time I saw like a, a real human brain that like because of this guy who got busted his skull oh. in front of our house. Like, you know, I I saw it like at five years old. I thought he was sleeping, but his skull was open. I can see the blood. I can see the, the brain, but I don't understand death yet. Yeah. So for me, it was like, it, I knew he wasn't, he wasn't right. I knew he was hurt, but I didn't know he was dead, you know? And then I see the skull, I see the brain. He just did something to my, to my head, you know? Yeah. So I, I talk about that, that, that story in the, in the EP and I just present people my word. Like now I'm in America, but I'm still pretty African. And sometimes my accent will come even strong. So I, I was just trying to relate that story. Like who I am really welcome to my word. Like I'm going to share yeah. things with you, you know? So I released that EP. People really loved it. You know, but all these uh, releases were just really free. I didn't really have wanted people to buy it because my thing right now is to build something first, like to get people to know what I do, to get people mm -hmm. more acquainted. And then I feel like if you do that, then easily people can start contributing if they yeah. want to or, you know, right. or, you know, bless you if they want to, you know. So, yeah, I released that. And then some artists, they started reaching out, man. Oh, can you produce my my uh my ep or can you produce some few songs in my album and i was like okay yeah. you know that's good that's good yeah so i started working on different artists like projects and then once in a while i'll uh, release a song i'll release a song and that's how i'm keeping doing things you know i think i've i have shot like four or five music videos already that's since awesome, that time man. And yeah, it, and now I'm just continuing. Like right now, I'm working on my own project. I should have dropped it this February because the the last one was last February. So I was trying to do like okay, each year maybe an EP right. on an album. So I wanted to drop one this February 
but what happened is like three different rappers who are already established mm -hmm. they reached out to me to work on their project really so, yeah so i was like you know what that can be also a good way for people to know of me mm -hmm. because if i work on those projects for them and since they already have like a fan base like when their their fan base or their fans will, will listen to their music and yeah. they, they'll they'll be like oh who produced that music oh it was giddy and then they'll know of me and maybe they'll try to reach out to me or maybe they'll try to, to know what i do more you know so right now that makes sense i decided to focus on their projects first mm -hmm. when those are out then uh, i'll release my my album or ep uh, that's soon. awesome man yeah so yeah and then i released a song i think it was yesterday yeah yeah i released a song yesterday with uh, this other artist uh american artist which uh this is one of the approach I, i'm trying to do here i'm trying to create like a an american and african fusion like i'm trying to feature american uh artists on like african type beats that i put a switch where they can still feel comfortable with their with them be american land their verses on that yeah and that way i feel like i can present to africa best of both american worlds. music and then present to america the african music so that's really where my headspace is right now that's cool I'm man trying to have that culture coming together mesh the two cultures that's so, so cool yeah i listened to that last night actually was, i liked it think man it's good man thank you and i i also heard the one you released before that i think you just said you couldn't sleep you posted on your facebook you said i couldn't yeah. sleep so i made a beat yeah. and that one was nice too thank you that was sweet yeah i really do dude i'm looking to get some local music on my podcast dude, just for the intro and the outro so i'll have yeah. to talk to you about that but where like how can anybody access your stuff like i i don't know where to find it you know what i mean you know that's the thing I, i'm very uh i'm into like uh, revamping right now because it you know it doesn't just take for you to have talent and to know how to do stuff it takes also to know how to put everything like into a good format yeah and that's something that i really lacked like just to say the least like my artist name is different from my producer's name, which is different from my Instagram page. So it's it's so right. It's not in order. So I'm trying to align bring, those yeah, things. Align those things that way. Yeah. Because I didn't I really didn't know even how I didn't really like social media a lot. So I didn't know how to when like back then, like I'll say like three or four years back. I wasn't really thinking too much about like social media, how to push things on social media and all that stuff, you know, right. because I wasn't really too much on social media like that. But then I just had to come in realization. And my sister, she, she was like, do you know that today everything is like really just on social media? Like e even churches now on social media, everything is on social media. So you, mm -hmm. you kind of, you kind of have to deal with that, you know? Yeah. So I was like, okay, I was like, okay, that I'm going to go on social media, but I didn't know how to really do it because it's not just like posting things. It's how you post it. When do you post it? And all these little, I'm trying to learn all this little right. thing, like how to yeah. do it, you know? There's so, a lot, a lot to it, man. It's, it's crazy because just like you have kind of learned music and started from like nothing, learned it on your own. People do that with social media, but also like there's like school you can do. People can you can pay people to teach you 
Yeah. Just for social media, because there's so much detail that goes into it. And like you said, like times mm-hmm. when when to post, when not to post, how you format it. It's like it's crazy. I'm having kind of like similar uh I wouldn't say issues, but similar situations where I'm trying to figure it out for this, you know, just a small scale. This is not even a beat, but it's like how do I post this? When do I post this? When yeah. is like the best time so people will actually maybe click on it and listen to it and mm-hmm. But also, like knowing you, like you want it to be genuine. You want people to to hear it and like it. Yeah. Same with me. So I don't want to do like clickbait. Yeah. Which I'm sure you don't either. It's like, oh, post, like click on this super crazy, insane, you know, exactly. beat or whatever. It's just like, and I think that's like what's difficult right now uh, for social media in general. It's like everything mm-hmm. is so clickbaity or like, you know, shiny object. So people want to click on it. Yeah. And then they go to the next one and then they go to the next one. And it's like, very short attention exactly. spans. Mm-hmm. So I get you, bro. But in terms of like, are you like making progress on the website and stuff? Because yeah, yeah, I that's, think that's good. Before the end of this year, I think even even sooner. maybe by summer or something like that, I'm I'm gonna have like a page where people can go and just listen to my beats yeah. and then contact me or whatever. That's that's awesome. Because yeah, I I had even created like a Facebook page, like a Facebook uh, artist page. Yeah. But then, like I told you, like I'm so bad with uh, social media. Yeah. That sometimes I'll be very active on it, and then because I'm not really social media driven, like I'll I'll be like, oh man, I need to be with my my people. Then I'll be there for like two or three days. Yeah. And then four months pass. I'm like, oh, I didn't go there. Yeah. I'll come back again. Right. You know? you kind but of forget these things. You need to be consistent with people. Yeah. Like, with anything, you need to be consistent to grow. You know, like exactly. So. No, I get that, man. Um, yeah, however, I can help you. I'll try to help you. Uh, I know a little bit about websites. I don't know much about like how to add music on there. Mm-hmm. One thing I do know is that you know people try to steal, so you got to have some sort of like tag. Yeah. You pro- do you have a producer tag? Yes. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah, yeah. that's important for like, especially if you put on like Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty important, so people don't steal your work. You know. Yeah. Which is, I'm sure, it's like what you're concerned about. Mm-hmm. So. Um, do you have a you have an Instagram right now? Yes. Do you have a Instagram and Facebook. Yes. I'll I'm gonna add it in here whenever I post this. Okay. Um, but will you wanna you wanna say it what it is real quick or are yes. you gonna change it? I think um, that's a good question. So look, maybe you've been in into that space a little longer than I've been to. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe you can give me like a. A, a live uh, advice on this thing. Okay. So funny, my artist name, the artist name that I use, it's like g.o slash g.d. So g.o is just, those are the initials of my name, uh, Gideon Osamba. And then the g.b, it's a name that my friends gave me back then when I started doing, uh, making beats. Mm-hmm. Because like when I started making beats and hip hop, I'll take like, I wanted to take all all the time classical music and then kind of flip it into hip hop beats. So my my friends started calling me like I'm the ghetto Beethoven. Like <laughs> you're the ghetto Beethoven because yeah. you take those classical Beethoven like cool. instrumental and just like flipped it into the most gutter like <laughs> beat, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, man, you're a you're a ghetto Beethoven, you know. <laughs> so I was like, that that's pretty cool. Which I think I should have kept as my beat, like my beat maker name. But then 
my beatmaker name is Jed Beats, which is like Gideon Beats. But then my Instagram <laughs> name is Beat on Point. Okay. So, you know, so those, right. that's the... Very different. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I would say just right off the top, I think you need to have, like you said, you got to have all three of those the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it's easier for people to find you on all platforms, right? Instead yeah. of having to search three different names. Yeah. And then, I mean, you probably already know this, but it's like, I, I would stick with one. Try to stick with one. If it's too late for your producer name, you maybe could separate that from like your artist name. Yeah. But um, for the most part, just try to find one. And then like for your website, whichever one of those beats you like the most, or whichever those names rather that you like the most, I would go with that for like your URL. Like yeah. so that, you know, ghettobeethoven.com or like whatever you would want that to be. Yeah. Um, that's easy, usually the easiest way to do it. I try to have mine like all the AV Club podcast, which is what this is called. Mm-hmm. I just made an Instagram for it. Just because, you know, I don't want to have, like, people, um, I have, like, you know, I have a not very many followers on social media, but whenever I post stuff about this, it just, I don't want it to be, like, people thinking, uh, people get tired of seeing the same thing over and over again. Because, yeah. so then I made, I created a separate account. Mm-hmm. So people who actually want to follow and, like, pay attention to it, yeah, they, they can. can if they want to. Yeah. And so... So I have that. I have the my website, but it has its own little page. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I try to keep it all synonymous, all the same, yeah, so that it's simple for people to look up. You know, for sure. Yeah, that's which what... I would recommend. I mean, Ghetto Beethoven is pretty cool. I like that. So you just gotta make sure nobody on. I would say Instagram. That might be a little long, but I think it's cool. I think if you like it, yeah. then you go with that. You know. Whichever one you like the most. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is, Those are the things that I'm, I'm working on, like just being a little bit more efficient with the, you know, the system. Because sometimes, like for the longest, I just got very comfortable with just like producing the music because that's really what I love. Uh-huh. And I'm very serious when it comes to that. But then when it comes to like social media or releasing and all that stuff, I'm pretty messy because I don't know much. And yeah. It's not like something that I focus, but I know that that's a problem because if you want to reach people, if you want to be able to put something out, then you need to do it the proper way. Mm-hmm. You know, so Yeah, uh, I agree, man. It's um, something we both have to adapt to, man. I'm not I'm not used to it either. It's tough. <laughs> it's just I'd rather be doing either this or, mm-hmm. you know, not doing, I don't know. I'm just not good at posting, which is what you've been saying too. So, mm-hmm. But, dude, we've been talking for like an hour and a half over that. Oh, wow. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up, man. Go ahead and. Go ahead and say what your Instagram is right now and your Facebook, and then okay. I'll tag that. And if you change it, then we'll just update it when we when you change it. Okay. Okay. No Sound problem. good? Just tell people what's your what's your Instagram. My Instagram at beat on point. At beat on point, and then yeah. your Facebook. Facebook is uh. Let me. See how yeah, bad look it, it up is. real quick. Yeah, that's all right. This is how bad it gets. I think it's intelligence suggests. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Which is my my Facebook, but um, uh, and so it's L apostrophe inspiration divine. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Cool, man. I'll tag you on that, and then uh, I'll post this episode comes out Friday, mm-hmm. and so I'll send you all the links, and you can put on your social media if you want. Um. Dude, I really appreciate you coming. I'm so glad I got to hear your story and get to know you better. Thank you. And I'm sure we'll be seeing each other. So my friend David, 
yeah. gonna watch this because I told him that I was coming here. I told him that I had to tell this story. That uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so we didn't even talk about it. I thought like this would be what I'll start with, but no. So funny enough, David texted me today and he was like, "Dude, uh, I for I forgive you, but I knew that uh, you snatched my shoes back when I was in high school, so <laughs> way back in Africa." And then I was like. I thought he was pranking me, right? So I, I was like, man, get out of here with that, man. I never yanked your shoes and all that stuff. But more we're talking, like, it's like he's serious about this thing, right? So we were just texting. So I was like, no, let me call the dude. Like, so I called him and then he was like, man, you need to repent on your sinful ways, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I forgot about it, but I know that. And, and literally, like, I re- I'm still thinking that he's pranking me because I can't remember this thing. That <laughs> it's maybe something we would do, you know, prank. And then he gives me the story. It was like, yeah, well, remember it was that day. Um, he had like a gray Air Force ones, and I had like a uh, white ones. Yeah. And then his was like all gray with um uh, brown like sole, and mine was just all white. So and it was like, oh, you saw the shoe, and you you were like, oh, let 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 me try them. And then you gave me yours and you tried mine and then you just took off running. <laughs> and then I tried to catch you, but then I lost you and then you went with shoes. And I was like, bro, are you serious? I, I, I can't remember this thing. And then he, he was like, well, until you're ready to apologize, <laughs> I don't want to have this conversation. So I take a time and then I'm like, and I talked to Christian because it was with Christian and, and Christian was like, yeah, he's really mad, dude. And I was like, so that's really something... I really happened because I can't really remember. And yeah. then I was just like, okay, bro, if that really if that really happened, I'm sorry. God forgive me. If you want some type of reparation, if you want me to buy you the shoes, <laughs> I'll do that. You know, but yeah. uh, I, I just really can't remember. That's why at first I was not even apologizing because right. even now I can't really remember that story. Yeah. If it happens, I'm sorry. It was like, man, we've been friends even when you came here. We're still friends, right? I was like, yeah, that's why I'm even... I, we never talked of this, so why yeah. today? And then he was like, well, it just I just saw the picture of the shoe, and it came back to my head. Oh. So I just wanted... To, <laughs> wow. I was like, okay, I'm sorry, man. But uh, it was just funny, but at the same time, I was just like, wow, the things that happened, maybe for everything that I can remember, that's right. the one thing that I can't remember. <laughs> right, that's, that's funny. Yeah, I just complimented you on having a good memory. Yeah, so I was like, but I told him I'll talk about it in the podcast. And you're watching that, David. Bro. I'm sorry, man. I'll, sorry, I'll David. I'll get you your shoes, bro. <laughs> sorry about that, David. <laughs> Air Force Ones, man. Can't. Got to get those, man. Got to get those. Bro, but thank you so much for coming. I thank really appreciate it. Me, that was pretty fun, man. That's, That's really, really fun. It's hey. fun, right? Yeah, it was very relaxing. Like, I, yeah. feel, I feel good, man. Good, man. All right, well. Yeah. See you Sunday at church. For sure, man. All right, buddy. Thank you, bro. Yes, sir.